Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Yeah, I remember seeing online, someone commented that it's just like a real-life BL. Yeah. Well, real life, what? No, there is no real life BL. <laughs> like, and again, like those, those are just gay people. Yeah, and uh, honestly, like... Hi guys, welcome to Lovecast Voice Love Podcast. I'm your host Pixie and with me are my co-hosts Alexa and Kayla. Hey. Hello. Today we're discussing a topic that might be a little controversial, but we feel that it's a very important topic to cover and that's romanticizing toxic behavior in BL. But before we go into it, just a quick note about the content of the episode. This episode contains discussions about sexual assault, rape, suicide, mental illness, violence, emotional and physical abuse, homophobia, and death. If you find any of these topics triggering, please feel free to take a break from listening and come back when you're ready, or just skip this episode altogether. We understand and love you all the same, whether you tune in this week or not. We'll leave links and information to some hotlines and online resources you can check out if you feel the need in the episode description. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. So before we get into like the main content, we're going to talk a little bit tea time. And today, talking, <laughs> mentioning like romanticizing toxic <laughs> behavior, we have Love Stage. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for those who don't know, Love Stage has a reputation. It's an old, old yaoi. And like old yaois, it was problematic in its time. But now they're doing a Thai remake. And hopefully they've upgraded it, <laughs> this story. But the real story here is that the first episode has been released there is nowhere for us to watch it. Yeah. So, and this is 
like the second drama within the last week where this has been an issue, but specifically, I feel like a lot more people were looking forward to this one than the other dramas that had come out without subs. Mm -hmm. And they had asked one of the people on the Love Stage team if they planned to release it for Interfans in a live that she was doing, I think. And basically her answer was just like, well, someone might put it on YouTube at some point, but we're not entirely sure. So it doesn't really seem like they have any definite plans to release it internationally at this yeah, point. Yeah, they released it via Iceplay, right? Yeah. yeah, and I know they can be pretty strict with international releases, yeah. so I have a feeling that's probably part of it, but... Yeah, because, like, when Why Destiny was airing, they gave us two hours on YouTube <laughs> two to hour watch window. it, yeah. which is so unnecessary. Like, the amount of people who recorded it and showed it around to people who couldn't be awake at that time or had, didn't have the time, yeah. like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. there was a lot of things to consider there that they did not consider. I mean... I guess you could say it was better than nothing, but it was not super international fan friendly at all. <laughs> not at all. And uh-huh. like the amount of people views they missed out on for doing this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Love Stage is really popular. Like it's the start of BL for a lot of people. Like I remember it mm-hmm. was one of my first BLs back in the day and it has a lot of nostalgic feelings toward it. And it's going to be huge, but like the amount of views they're losing and views could contribute to them getting bigger sponsors and more money. And Mm -hmm. why haven't they learned? (laughs) Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I feel like AIS play as a platform just does not seem to, I mean, obviously it's a Thai platform Mm -hmm. and the reason why it's not accessible to international fans, even with a VPN is I think it requires like a Thai phone number number Mm -hmm. or something to be able to access it. So they're not even thinking about international fans in the slightest, but you know, I feel like if the production company behind Love Stage wanted to, there are solutions out there, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be the Why Destiny type situation or There are other shows that have been released on AAS Play that, you know, they've released it a couple months down the line. And that's not ideal. (laughs) But at least it's like we know that they're going to have a release at some point. I feel like at this point, it's just going to get picked up by fan subbers. And 100%. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, fan subbers mm -hmm. don't really have that much work to work with nowadays because everything is available to international fans. Most things do get subbed. So them having the time to pick this up. Yeah, they will do yeah. it right away. Yeah, especially considering the fans behind Love Stage, the fans behind Kauna and Turbo. Like, they're both strong fandoms between those two aspects. Both fandoms so. have waited such a long time for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't want to let it sit. <laughs> they want to watch it. So, yeah, it was just very surprising because they did release the trailer with subtitles mm-hmm. and they seem to have been pretty receptive to international fans and their promotions and stuff like that, which makes me think it really is just AIS play. That is the main factor that's blocking it from being released, Mm -hmm. but it does really Mm -hmm. suck. I was looking forward to it. So like, haven't they Mm -hmm. watched like what GMM TV is doing? Like how much like they (sighs) got a boost when they started caring about international fans? Like dude, but yeah, we can't do anything. The market is here, man. 
my first thought whenever there's that kind of accessibility is why wouldn't you want more money, yeah. more views, right. more overseas sponsorship, more fans. Like it just doesn't make sense from a business standpoint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if it does get released down the line, it's like, is it going to be released on a platform that's accessible? Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for international fans? I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it like at all. I mean, uh, argument could have been that Iceplay doesn't want the Thai fans who would have seen it on their platform watch it on YouTube. But YouTube does yeah. have geoblock. And if you just like yeah. put the episode mm-hmm. up an hour after or in the middle of the night for Thai people, days even, they will like... not watch it on YouTube. They will go to Iceplay to watch it. So it's just for us. <laughs> it's so easy. There's so many solutions here. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yes. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe maybe if they get enough backlash, which has happened in the past, mm. you know, shows have gotten backlash and within a couple of weeks have figured out solutions for making it internationally accessible. So maybe that'll happen. But as of right now, we simply have no idea. Nope. So yeah. <laughs> great. And you know, everyone's going to watch it illegally now. Yeah. So yeah, that's no not going to help wait. them either. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't like encourage people to like watch shows illegally and stuff, but if they're not going to make it available, then like, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to just not watch it ever because it's not available. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on to our (laughs) main thing. (laughs) So (laughs) we wanted to talk about the romanticizing toxic behavior in BL because we see a lot of inconsistencies about people's understanding of what romanticizing toxic behavior is. So we kind of want to make it clear what what's actually like toxic behavior and what's just like psychological uh, part of the story. Yeah. Not romanticizing. I think the big thing we want to emphasize, or at least one of the first things I had on my list or a point I wanted to make, and I know that we all feel this way, is that there is a place in media for portrayal of toxic relationships and toxic people and not like negative personality traits and stuff like that. But there is a difference between having those types of people in relationships in a show and handling it appropriately mm-hmm. And romanticizing it and making light of it, which is, you know, kind of that's kind of I think where BL kind of falls on one side or the other, because a lot of shows will have these types of relationships and make it romantic Mm -hmm. or make certain things that happen into a joke. Mm -hmm. And then there's other shows that have had these types of relationships and have portrayed them in a way that shows consequences for their actions and shows that there is a negative side mm-hmm. to these types of relationships and doesn't paint them in a light that makes them doesn't paint them in a light where they're just seen as totally okay with with no type of consequences yeah. for their actions yeah. and things like yeah. that. So I feel like that's kind of the big mm-hmm. difference that we want to make sure to highlight. Yeah. And for some mm-hmm. background story here, like toxic romanticizing toxic behavior has been in historically in BL since the beginning it's like a mm-hmm. huge trope in earlier yaoi and yeah 
what people will need to remember that back then people were using this as a way to work through their own trauma, mm-hmm. which is why you see that like, especially like people who felt they couldn't express themselves and didn't know like who they were or how they fit into society and had been in like had trauma with sexual assault and rape and stuff this was mm-hmm. their way to get it out and that was one like trope to use to get it and it hasn't been until like recently that people have understood how this affects other people and how you can actually portray toxic behavior without romanticizing it and yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i think that even though Back in the day, there was a lot of this. I don't think like we should judge people for what they were doing back then. It was a lot of ignorance. And it was also like a lot of trauma, a lot of closed society, mm. especially in Japan. Japan is very much closed society still. So, yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a really good point to make. And also, I think just remembering that a lot of these issues go like a lot of the things we talk about go way beyond just BL and Mm -hmm. are just Mm -hmm. a basic problem with media. Yeah. So just having that preface going into this conversation, but of course we focus on BL because we love BL and we watch BL. Mm -hmm. 100%. Like, yeah, Yeah. it's an issue all over the board. So, but yeah, we're going to bring in some examples from, BLs and stuff that we know about. So do you want to start with the the first thing on your list, Kayla? Sure. So a big thing, <laughs> the first thing I thought of that is in many, many dramas, especially older ones, is toxic portrayals of jealousy. Mm-hmm. So this mm. is like when one character is being so possessive of another to the point where they get jealous when anybody interacts with them. Mm. So the main example I thought of for this one is Fa from Two Moons 2. And I say right. Two Moons 2 specifically mm. because Two Moons is like a blur to me. I don't remember what <laughs> they did or didn't do in that series. <laughs> But I do remember in Two Moons 2, Fa's character was pretty, like, physical with Wyo Mm -hmm. and would, like, Mm -hmm. pull him around and push him and all of this stuff whenever literally just, like, his friends (laughs) were speaking to him, Mm -hmm. not even, like, a competitor. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. What sticks out to me when you're saying this is the storyline in Why Destiny when, oh, I don't remember the cute small one with the smiley face. I would not be able to remember his Mon? name, but I know is who you're Mon? referring to. Was it Mon? I think it was Mon. Yeah, it's Mon. <laughs> Sorry. When his <laughs> um his boyfriend is going out and he's like, oh, I can't stay out that long and he's not allowed to talk to him. And he has to go wear ugly yeah. clothes so that no one else yeah. looks at him. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, no. <laughs> No, this is not yeah. hot. It's not sexy. It's not cute. Please stop. It's stalkerish. Yeah. Yeah, like I was going to say for some like examples, one of them was dictating what they wear and them going out with friends and mm-hmm. kind of being upset that they're just hanging out or like going to a bar. But I digress. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought of 
on from my engineer when we brought this up because yeah. I feel like he is definitely a case. There were so many times in that show where despite having the same conversation with Duen over and over again about how he needed to trust him, mm-hmm. his lack of trust in Duen would always lead to him like acting very petty, acting angry with him for no reason and not explaining why. And then just, you know, making Duen question why, you know, what, what he had done wrong when in reality it was Bon misinterpreting his interactions with the most random people. Or, you know, maybe if someone, I think there was an instance where like someone was in like flirting with him, but Duen obviously wasn't like picking up on the situation and was not reciprocating in the slightest. Yeah. And yet he still got angry at him and took it out on Duen. Mm. So I think like that kind of thing, like being unrationally angry and not communicating your feelings is another thing that comes with like that yeah, and- toxic jealousy that really pisses me off. Yeah. And this is on the wrong side of romanticizing toxic behavior because this is like yeah. toxic behavior without any consequences to it. Like the biggest yeah. example here is mm-hmm. Thorn type. And oh, what's his name? I have blocked his name from my memory. Oh, I know who you're talking Long. about. Tharn's friend. Long, 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 long. Yeah, long. I was going to say, is that right, long? He is, like, he's not even together (laughs) with Tharn. And he's, like, the jealous, the epitome of jealous boyfriend to the extreme with no consequences. To the point of, like, attempted murder. Yeah, no consequences. (laughs) Not, like, even, like, he didn't, like, get a slap on, like, the brother. I have no (laughs) idea. Yep, yep. (laughs) You're so angry you can't even formulate words <laughs> yeah no my brain stopped working at the mention of that man but yeah and they even did a special episode about them i did not watch that one just saying so i don't know what happened but yeah this kind of behavior without any consequences is so wrong and should be called out yeah, where they just say like, oh, I'm sorry, I realized I was wrong. And, you know, for some, to some level of jealousy, that is an acceptable, like an apology is an acceptable level of consequence. Yeah. But when it comes to like Long and some of the other examples out there, like there needs to be more to show that that behavior is not tolerable. You know, you shouldn't just get to say, I'm sorry, and keep all of your friendships. Yeah, and but in most of those no cases, they don't even talk about it at all there hasn't been like a character development even they just continue like they treat it like it's just like it's cute and it's fun to have a boyfriend who's like psychotic about who you talk to and that that's where it becomes really wrong (laughs) yeah yeah there's never any boundary setting or sitting down and having an actual conversation Mm. Or if they do talk through the one fight, it just happens again, again with like nothing has changed. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Another big thing with that is that the couple will always end up together in the end and like very lovey dovey. Like they're the end game mm-hmm. couple, which also is like, okay, after all of this toxic behavior that is shown, is are you trying to say that all of that was okay that that happened? because it was forgivable and now they're together and everything's fine. I don't know. There's very rarely a breakup between the couple where they Mm -hmm. don't end up together when you have that kind of toxic jealousy. Okay. So next thing on your list, Kayla. 
This next one is also a pretty big one, and it's just the umbrella of sexual assault, or I mostly refer to it as sexual violence because that covers everything. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, there definitely is a difference between, same thing with the jealousy thing, there's a difference between depicting it in a series and romanticizing it. So two big series Mm -hmm. that I thought of that do more so the romanticization are history for and thorn yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. those are both on my list <laughs> <laughs> so like i feel like some of the ways that you can really tell if it's being romanticized is if the scene has like cartoonish music or sound effects mm-hmm. or there's a laugh track it's making it seem like it's in a comedic light and then the Mm -hmm. same thing with like are they depicting the after effects of that violence and the negative impact it has on the relationship yeah I think whenever we like go into conversations about like sexual violence or sexual assault I always think about back when we first started the podcast and we were going to have you on as a guest, I was going through and watching a lot of your older videos and you did do a video on it and you specifically did use like Tarn type versus the effect. And I feel like those are two of the biggest stark examples of like Tarn type falling into the romanticization with the joking and the comical music and the effect, which was, you know, a whole series that was basically about, the effects of sexual violence and how that impacted the victim and the people in his life and how he dealt with that. And so I feel like obviously the effect was very hard to watch, but I think that is because it included that aspect of realism that a lot of people don't necessarily want to confront when they're going into watching what they would consider a BL, although that was obviously not meant to be a romantic series. So, you know, there's some conversation to be had there but it was very hard to watch but it was because it it took the realistic after effects in aftermath of sexual violence and depicted that in a way that was very real and raw to watch so whenever we have this discussion I kind of come back to that video when watching that and you know obviously you made some of the same points in that video that you said here but I feel like that's always like a very good example of a portrayal that has not romanticized sexual violence in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. And it's just been real with it. Yeah, it's a really hard topic to kind of put out there because, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you need to do it properly. And, like, some people, like, I know Mame loves to put, like, sexual abuse, mental illness, all of this, like, really tough stuff in her books and she doesn't treat it the way it should be treated and it just Mm -hmm. comes off as romanticizing completely and like yeah i'm talking from a person who likes thorn type (laughs) but i can like something and not like agree with how they did it Mm -hmm. yeah that's 100% valid and I do think that there is something to be said for like we've had the discussion before of written work versus portrayed work on television and stuff like that but I feel like overall MAME is an example of especially when it comes to Tarn type 
toxering, transferring those toxic tropes from the book into media mm. and not at all rectifying the content for a televised platform and for the audience who will be able to access it on television. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also something to consider as well. But yeah, she's definitely an example of someone who loves to include huh. some romanticized toxic tropes in her works. Yes. And you can say the same about the scriptwriter from History 4. History 4. And Make yep. Our Days Count. Because like, no matter how much I love Make Our Days Count, it does have some issues. Like the yeah. stalking, the forcing, and yeah. It doesn't really put any consequences to how mm-hmm. how thing is acting and he yeah. is not like he's almost like predatory in the beginning yeah yeah that mm-hmm. was one that i really after we did our episode on history for someone had left a comment about how how ting was not that much different from some of the characters in history four and it like really made me think mm-hmm. it's like oh shit you're right yeah. i love that drama mm-hmm. i mean i know it's a very loved bl drama aside from the ending obviously but yeah his behavior especially early on when he was trying to pursue yushigu yeah. was just not good it at wasn't. all and i mean like uh, make our days count came out at a time where there wasn't that much of a spotlight on these issues so you can mm-hmm. sort of like forgive it <laughs> but history four who came out like after 2021 yeah not okay <laughs> but it does show that the screenwriter is the actual problem there yeah, there's been no growth over the years. Yeah, no understanding yeah, of the community at all. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing to always consider. Like, obviously, looking at owner media, we are going to have criticisms of it, but media, and this is like we said before, even going outside of BL into general media as a whole has changed so much, mm-hmm. even from five years ago to now like I I don't know a huge example of a television show that is not BL related that I think would never be able to go on the air now but was huge at the time is Glee mm. so like this is something across yeah. all platforms so it's like you think about stuff that aired even in like six years ago in 2015 2016 compared to now and it's just you know you have to take the older works with a grain of salt, but I think there is still a place for criticism in them. Yeah, I mean, you can use them as examples to what you're supposed to not do. And that doesn't mean that you need to trash the shows. I mean, like, you can disagree with how they do it and still like the show because it gives you nostalgic feelings and whatnot, but it doesn't age well. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's like a place for you know, being able to criticize, but also understanding the time that it was made Mm -hmm. and the way that media was being made at the time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that's always important to note when we're talking about these kinds of things. Definitely. I also want to mention the, I did reference this in my video I made back then, but there was a study in Thailand that was done where they surveyed university students And one of the questions Mm -hmm. they asked was, what constitutes rape? And Mm -hmm. through the answers, they found that Lacorn's heavily influenced 
a lot of the misinformation that people had on sexual violence. So I feel like that's just a, that's just another indicator that media is very influential and what you're watching Mm -hmm. is very influential. And it also points out that like, when it comes to romanticization, this isn't just like a select group of international fans getting mad about it and virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. Like this is, a real problem that has been debated yes. among Thai consumers of public broadcasting. Yeah. When you're saying that, like, I remember we had like a talk two years ago or something about how in Thailand they had this own definition about what's rape and what's rough sex, because rough mm. sex is such a, thing there that for us it would be like a gray area but I had like people arguing that that's culturally how like culturally okay there like rough sex is normal they like it's a thing but after that I was just sitting here and thinking like okay is that something the men decided was a thing or and just like (laughs) true women can't speak up or the younger ones can't speak up or like that's society like yeah I mean I understand that they had like all these arguments for rough sex and what it was and like it was basically like even if your partner said no it was construed as like yeah they still wanted it a no isn't a no Mm. they're your partner Mm -hmm, so you kind of go at it roughly and it's and they like okay they're saying it's a cultural thing but I think it's more uh patriarchy yeah it's the patriarchy they need growth in the country and the women aren't getting their voices out so it's usually like the men but I'm not saying I'm an expert at this. I'm I have yeah. never even stepped foot in Thailand. I will not put like my foot down on this at all. But yeah, that's the the general thought that I got after that conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously we want to consider things from a cultural perspective and we are all three people from western society, Europe and America who don't necessarily understand Thai culture to that extent but there are some things that are black and white and sex without consent in my eyes whether no matter where you're from is rape Mm -hmm. and that's something that I will stand by and I don't want to disrespect the Thai culture and you know the meaning of different terms for them but I definitely think there are some things that have you know when it comes to sex there are things that have been normalized for the sake of men in the society mm-hmm. and their needs and sex and terms like rough sex and stuff like that, I feel like would definitely fall into that category yeah. because hearing, even if your partner says no, that, that to me is rape. Yeah. If your partner says no, that to me is rape. Mm-hmm. And that's something I will believe no matter where I go in the world. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's certain things when I'm considering my values that are just black and white, mm-hmm. not to disrespect any other culture. But yeah, obviously we are not speaking from a place of understanding the Thai culture fully and we never will. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that I'm just like, mm-hmm, I feel like that's wrong no matter where you are in the world. But, you know. Yeah. So when when I was growing up, um, like I'm 30 
So obviously this was a while back, but when I was a teenager, it was sort of understood that women, you're, you're not supposed to complain when men touches, touch you. Like they're not like removing clothing or anything. So if they like grab your boobs or your ass or like you should just laugh and just take it or like that's the yeah. general idea that we got like put into us. Like, yeah yep that happened a lot and i was adult like i was late 20s before i understood that it's wrong and that i was so uncomfortable so many times when stuff happened to me and i'm not gonna even talk about all the stuff that happened when i was a teenager because it it, even me thinking back at it just like it gives me anxiety (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I think it's really hard when you grow up and you look back on your youth and think about things that happened and you're like, oh, that that was actually not an okay thing that happened. And I think, you know, bringing a gender perspective into it when as women or assigned female at birth people. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When these things happen to us, there's also the threat of violence Mm -hmm. if we fight back or say anything. So, you know, considering if I call this man out for touching me, is he literally going to kill me Mm -hmm. is a thing that, you know, we have to consider. So there's so many different compounded aspects of intersectionality that go into speaking up and speaking out that it's almost like you don't realize until you get older how many things happen to you that you were like oh maybe I should have said something about Mm -hmm. that but there are reasons at the time why I did not why I didn't feel like I could Mm -hmm. so yeah I, I had the same thoughts like when I think back on my youth I'm like oh, okay, well, <laughs> that that was my childhood, okay, yeah. you know, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Kayla? What I, <laughs> going back to the culture aspect of it, like you said, obviously, none of us mm-hmm. are Thai, none of us have lived or grown up in Thailand, but from the perspective mm-hmm. of an Asian American, I... feel that just because something is normalized inside of a culture doesn't make it right or acceptable yes yep so there's also that aspect of it because like pixie said a lot of things within asian society are influenced by the patriarchy and Mm. confucianism so Mm. Yeah, two things that don't exactly fit in with the modern times. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Next. I don't have this one written down, but I thought of it as we were talking. And it's specifically Mm -hmm. about how so many BL dramas, how they depict Black male scenes. (laughs) Because I feel like there are some that they Mm. do show how... They show like how negative the effects of that blackmailing scene can be, especially when there's sexual violence involved. But some of them just like skirt over them. Like, for example, Oxygen. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, I have nothing to say on that. That is so fucking true. (laughs) I mean, there's so much stuff that you kind of feel like they make such a small deal out of it that you just miss it completely. Mm-hmm. But it just, it mm-hmm. still, it's in the back of your head and it still makes an impression on you, which is why it's so dangerous because it normalizes yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's another situation where I think that there is often not a lot of consequences that should be had that, that should be had for things like that. Like obviously the more recent example I can think of is don't say no. And there were some consequences there, but not necessarily like I'm thinking of when the person wanted to send the photos of Fiat to Leo's family to prove like why Fiat didn't deserve to be with his son and everything. And like they handled it, but like they just kind of like beat him up on their own and then the twins are like we'll let our dad handle you which like gave the implication that his dad is their dad is like some kind of like mafia boss or some kind of shady dude (laughs) but like things like that should you know be handled in a more legal (laughs) way and also thinking about the impacts of what that had on fiat because he the poor kid got blackmailed twice there was a thing with the photos and then 
what's his face with the curly hair who we found out blackmailed Fiat into having sex with him for the basketball team, which, you know, that was another thing that happened to him. I feel like that show, while they might have shown consequences for the perpetrator in that, in that situation, they very much glossed over the impact that that had on the victim, which is Fiat. And they kind of just like jotted it off to, Oh, he's a slut. So these kind of things would happen to him. Mm -hmm. But like, really no matter how many people he had sex with or not he should have not have had those things happen to them and i feel like that was something that they did in that show kind of just writing everything off on the fact that he slept with a lot of people so those kind of things are going to happen when that should not have been the case at all and can we talk for a second about the slut shaming in these bls Mm. because it happens in every bl there's a person who has a lot of sex it's completely like seen as like this villain almost like they're completely slut shamed and it's so wrong like there's nothing wrong with having a healthy sexual sex life and Mm -hmm. as long as you're being safe then it's fine i just remember in my gear your gown fiat's character has a lot of sex (laughs) and they kind of have this storyline where he gets an std Mm -hmm. i think It's a really bad one. I don't remember a lot from that show. I just remember Fiat. <laughs> so, but understandable. They were doing the same thing there. They were really like putting, like saying that he's like a bad person for having so much sex, and he's leading people on, and they're just like mm-hmm. showing it off as this really horrible thing. Yeah, that's definitely a problem in BL. Like, I feel like they put so much emphasis on you know having first times and having the bed scene like especially for the bottom character Mm -hmm. they're like expected to be completely virginal Mm -hmm. but you know for the top character if he was a playboy in his past before he met this person it doesn't matter at all but if the bottom character has had sex before and that's you know that was in the case of don't say no you know that was fiat's role and i'm putting all of this in quotes obviously because you know i think the role thing is kind of then he's the slut like because it's yeah he's slut shamed because society today if you're a girl and have a lot of sex you're a slut if you're a guy Mm -hmm. and has a lot of sex you're a man and that's also interesting because it kind of plays into tying the bottom character and BLs to be more feminine Mm. and you know they're they're more like a woman so they shouldn't be having sex with a bunch of people and you know I feel like that's a whole discussion that could be had about the weird genderization of top and bottom and BL and stuff like that but yeah that's definitely an issue yeah like I don't mind that the bottom character in quotes is like a virginal that's fine, but if you're gonna shame them if they're not, yeah, then that's where the problem mm-hmm. is. Like, mm-hmm. if you're gonna tie these societal terms to those characters, it's so fucked up, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's the one thing we're trying to get rid of. And we're trying, like, it's the one reason why people have an issue with the terms top and bottom even though the gay community some at least use them themselves Mm -hmm. is because some people in the bl fandom sees 
this top and bottom as a way to differentiate between like the mm. female gay man and the male gay man. Yeah. To see who. Yes. Yeah. And then you're into uh, objectifying and sexualizing and all of that. But yeah. And the whole other waterfall. Yeah, we've talked about there. that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else on your list, Kayla? <laughs> no, not really. Those are my main ones were the jealousy and sexual assault. So I obviously in discussing the stuff that was on Kayla's list, I I covered a lot of the stuff that I had in my notes. One of the things that I really wanted to touch on is how kind of how we touched on before about how you can clearly see the influence that media does have in real life as much as we want to believe that people can separate what's happening and what they see in a fictional television show versus how they perceive people in real life. We know that's not the case. And I feel like in the BL fandom a lot, we've seen people taking, you know, things that happen in the BL fandom, whether it be, you know, having the top and the bottom and stuff like that and trying to take that into real life, whether it be to the actors, commenting on random people's social media profiles that happen that may happen to be you know, LGBT couples or just, you know, doing a video with another guy, you know, people will be like, wow, this is so BL type thing. So I think, you know, we have seen examples in the BL sphere of how people struggle to separate fiction and reality. And so in thinking about that, I really want to talk about how, you know, the romanticizing of certain toxic behaviors in BL can be detrimental to the queer community in real life. Because the queer community already in most societies are still very, queer community is still very demonized. Gay men in particular are often portrayed as very predatory people. You know, they kind of will come on to you. And even if you're straight, if they want you, they want you type thing. And so I feel like when we watch BLs and, you know, we see these examples of men who decide they want this man and won't let go of pursuing him and are extremely jealous when it comes to him and, you know, doing all these things to have him and make him make him theirs, you know, that can feed into these stereotypes that already exist in real life about gay men and queer people in general. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one of the reasons why especially in the BL sphere and on, I know, I know we've talked about in media as a whole, but especially in the BL sphere, it is important when we're portraying toxic behavior to make that separation between romanticizing and simply portraying something in a realistic manner, because that does have real life impacts on the way people view queer men in real life, mm -hmm. queer Asian people in real life. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I think about a lot when you know, we see these behaviors and these things that these people are doing and how people might associate that with real life queer people. Mm -hmm. And so I know, I think that's one of the reasons why it's very important to address it in BL specifically. Yeah. I know when you were talking about that, I got this thought in my head. You know how, like in the past, uh, probably still, a lot of media is portraying the whole about having like a gay man who's your best friend when you're a girl mm -hmm. and like 
sort of putting them in like a place of being the pet to the straight woman Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. how that like translated into actual people like desiring a gay best friend yes and saying that like Mm -hmm. i've seen people say this on the internet that i wish i had a gay best friend Mm -hmm. i am looking for a gay best friend like what and that's what like Mm -hmm. you're talking about like normalizing it and just like yes like the damage it can have if you're showing it on the screen yes that is a very good example of that and you know, that that is something I see a lot, you know, when and it does still happen, you know, if you find out, you know, a straight woman finds out someone is gay and then she's like, Oh, well, we can be best friends mm-hmm. now. You do see that stuff happening and obviously I've never I'm not a gay man. Mm-hmm. I am a queer person, but I'm not a gay man. So I've never had someone come up to me in, in real life and be like, Oh, are you the top and or, or are you the bottom? Mm-hmm. But I have very much seen it especially on TikTok, in the comments of people on TikTok, especially Asian men on TikTok, Mm -hmm. if they are making a video with another man, there are multiple comments that are like, who's the top and who's the bottom? Oh, I ship it. Oh, this is so BL. And like, that is real life. TikTok is a social media platform, but those are real life people. And that may be their partner. That may be their best friend. It may be whoever, but like, it's not your business to make those comments. And I feel like that is one very real example where I see people taking fictional things in the BL fandom and applying them to real life people. And so yeah, I can only imagine how some of the things that are portrayed in these dramas that are being romanticized may be leaving an imprint on their minds about how they view gay men and queer people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing online someone commented that it's just like a real life BL. Yeah. Real life What? No, there is no real life <laughs> <What>? BL. <laughs> like, and again, like those, those are just gay people. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like to this person's credit, like they're probably young. They probably don't understand, but this is like a narrative that like people were calling this person out (laughs) rightfully. So like we need to say like, I know that I have a tendency to just like play along with the whole shipping and all of that. But like I'm playing along just having fun. I'm not taking it seriously. But I think that a lot of people with the Internet these days don't see the difference to someone just playing along and actual being serious. Yeah. And, you know, when thinking of the young audiences that are, you know, consuming BL as it gets bigger and bigger, you know, people who are 13, 14, maybe even younger watching it and, you know, having it be one of the prime forms of media that shapes them in their adolescence, you do have to consider the impact that it's having on them and the way they view queer people in real life. I mean, for a lot of people, watching queer people on TV is their first exposure to a queer person that they know of, you know? So if the first time you see a queer man is in a BL, then obviously you're going to internalize some of those things and be like, oh, this is what gay people are like Mm -hmm. in real life. And you can hope that they will grow out of it as they learn and do more research. But I think that does emphasize the importance that it is to portray queer people in BL 
in a way that is respectful to them mm-hmm. and not, you know, portraying them as predators and monsters and romanticizing That's toxic okay. behaviors that, yes, they do happen in real life in some instances, but it's not always gay people mm-hmm. and it's not all gay people. So, you know, I think that's yeah. kind of where the issue comes in. Yeah. What sparked this whole like idea of talking about this for my uh, side was the backlash I saw that my beautiful man got mm-hmm. for people saying that mm-hmm. that was romanticizing toxic behavior. And I had to go into myself and just like, are they? <laughs> But no, I mean, they are not. And there's a real difference between them, like having like this psychological issues and how they work through it, how they show it. It's clearly not okay. They're showing it like these two men clearly have issues and it's not putting a pink bow on it, pretty music and just glancing over the issues. Yeah. Which is why I think, like, My Beautiful Man did a really good job at, like, showing something a little less fluffy mm-hmm. without it, like, because I I think it doesn't, like, have a lot of skinship and stuff like that, but it's still not fluff because of the psychological aspects to it. And I think that we need more BLs that show more of a darker side of the world without having a lot of sex and kissing yeah i mean i don't mind the sex and kissing if they do it properly (laughs) but but like we need some stories that actually have a story to it yeah Mm -hmm. it's just for me a lot of the bl that's come out lately has been very honestly boring even though it's not like fluffy or anything, it's gotten a little boring because they're not taking on like a topic that's a little more hard to portray mm-hmm. and to do it properly. They're taking the safe route because they know that's going to get them used. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have seen so many fluffy BLs that have tackled hard topics in a way that is making light of them. So, you know, I feel like that's really the difference between having a show that has depth in it for purpose and for showing the different aspects of those difficult topics and just throwing it in there for the sake Mm of comedy. I don't really know why they put these difficult topics in there just to, you know, make light of them and stuff like that. But yeah, I think there is a place for shows with more depth and that tackle darker topics mm. in Boys Love. And, you know, we have gotten a few, like My Beautiful Man is definitely a great example of one that's done it well. But yeah, there definitely needs to be more of it out there. Mm. My Beautiful Man is just such a good example because the way that they frame the toxic behavior in that show is great like I always think of the scene where Hira I think it is he has this like vision of himself like shooting up the restaurant and I'm like Mm -hmm. stuff like that Mm -hmm. is so good because it really lets you see into his mind and not just have him be like this shallow character who is just I don't know being stalkerish to be stalkerish like you see that his actions do have consequences yeah 
And he has like a lot of mental issues and that he needs to overcome to even have a relationship with each other both of them do honestly Mm -hmm. so it's such an interesting journey just seeing how these two characters evolve over time and like honestly my only like thing about that show is that it should have been longer (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah well if you want to see our full thoughts on what we thought about my beautiful man we do have review over on patreon so short plug for the patreon <laughs> it's over there at the lovecaster tier and above mm-hmm. so we spent like 20 25 minutes basically going into more depth about what we briefly touched on there yeah. so that's that <laughs> quick plug for quick, quick, quick podcast plug in there but Darling Heather brought something to our attention that we haven't touched on that kind of falls into talking about toxic behavior and romanticizing toxic behavior and calling out toxic behavior. And that would be call it what you want. So, you know, I think, and we've talked about this show before and how we feel about it, Mm. but there is something to be said for a show that kind of uses things that happen have happened to real people and really exist in the industry as a way to gain views. And I think that's another reason why shows might, you know, include depictions of toxic behavior because it's shocking and, Mm. you know, people want to see something. Yeah. Clickbait. People want to see something dark and, and dark happen. And, you know, this is an example of where there was a lot said about what the show would address. And then, in the end nothing nothing was really addressed so I think you know that is something to be talked about the use of real life trauma and a real life victim story and turning it into fictional media and what that can mean for the person who experienced that Mm -hmm. and also other people who might have tuned into the show expecting to see something real and raw that they did not necessarily get delivered from the show I don't know yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that show. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about that show, and none of them are polite. So <laughs> I will say this, that I do really think that a lot of people are seeing that show as a call out to the dark side of BL like they said it was without thinking about how, what it actually was which was a show to show a show that the director could like fantasize about his relationship to another man and put in the psychological trauma that one of his employees had on a different show because the actor who had the trauma was like under like acting under him in that other show And if you think about it that way, like he did it without any like expressed consent from the person who went through all that and probably put a lot more into that show that wasn't allowed because he thought that, yeah, since he was there when it happened, that gives him the right to tell the story, which is some sort of... hubris (laughs) (laughs) it's very arrogant and (laughs) 
<laughs> he is very, very arrogant man. And just naming your show after the title of a singer, <laughs> I mean, be a little original. I'm sorry. It's not. And he keeps saying that he's like a lot more original than everyone else. And then he goes and names his show <laughs> twice after a song. Okay, sorry. Oh. <laughs> I'm done. I also, the whole going into it saying that you're going to expose the BL industry feels very disingenuous when you look at how the mental health mental health aspect of the show is portrayed and how the sexual violence mm -hmm. in it mm, like I don't know it's very harmful to try to push this narrative that love can cure your mental illness mm -hmm. and I hope mm -hmm. that no one watched that and felt that that should be normalized in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like like type in Thorn Type. Yeah, we're going back to this. Just like type when <laughs> like his love for Tharn makes up for his trauma when he was raped as a child. Yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah, this idea that love can conquer all and BL, like anything that they've been through is definitely another thing that's heavily romanticized love can do a lot but it cannot fix your trauma yeah and cannot cure your mental illness and you know you can have a supportive partner who helps you work through those things but your relationship alone mm. is not going to solve those issues yeah. and i feel like that is definitely something that it's heavily romanticized in bl like if i have this person nothing else matters. It's kind of really, thing. really harmful too, because a lot of people in abusive relationship stay mm -hmm. in those relationships yeah. because their partner says, I love you. Like everything mm -hmm. will be okay because exactly. I love you. I will beat the crap out of you, but I love you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of these toxic behaviors, especially the jealousy, it's very much adjacent to domestic abuse. And normalizing mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. which obviously, as we said, is very harmful to the yeah. viewer. Yeah. And I do think a lot of the authors of these are doing it to work out their own trauma. But I do think if you're going to put it on the TV screen, you need to do something about that. Because I'm fine mm -hmm. with that being in a book because it's more like the fictional side of it. You know, it's not like it's harder to kind of how do I say it? my brain isn't working today but it's harder to kind of uh sort think that a book is a reality other than when you're watching a screen it influences you a lot more when it's on the tv screen yeah and there's a lot of backstory mm -hmm. to confirm this like, we've seen it over and over and over again. What you put on the TV screen actually does a difference. And I do, yeah. like, I have an example for this. I remember when 13 Reasons Why came out mm -hmm. and people were warning yeah. them to not put that suicide scene on that show because it will glorify it. 
And they said that, no, we made it really gross. We made it really bad. Like, it looks really bad. It's fine. And they still put it out there. And you saw the aftermath, like, the suicide rate went up. And to the point that they actually removed the scene afterwards. Yeah, they had to re-edit it and remove it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very graphic example. I almost forgot about how difficult that was when it came out Mm -hmm. especially considering people who already has suicidal ideation and could have been triggered by a graphic depiction of suicide you know making something graphic or gross does not necessarily not romanticize Mm -hmm. it but you know yeah I mean we should listen to the experts and BL I think it's such such a small part of the entertainment industry right now that you mm-hmm. don't have like the big people going out and saying like this is bad this is bad like they did with 13 reasons why even though they didn't right. listen to them but <laughs> yeah so we kind of need to as a fandom talk about these stuff ourselves and not just sit here and talk about fluff and how awesome everything is because it's not good for the industry it doesn't change anything yeah yeah I feel like we have to look out for each other and we have to look out for the younger people that are coming into the fandom and the younger queer people and the younger questioning people and you know just anyone who comes into BL like to learn and expect something out of it I feel like it's kind of up to you know, older fandom voices to, I mean, obviously, you know, there's a sense of, it's not our duty to like, to teach them everything. But, you know, I think we do have to look out for each other in these instances when we know there are things happening that aren't necessarily great for people to watch or good for people to watch that we kind of have to be voices. And especially having a platform like this, you know, we want to be voices where we create discussion and help people to see things from a different perspective. So, you know, I think that is something because BL is still so fan driven and there's not as much professional people viewing in on it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's very heavily driven by the fans still, you know, we have to look out for each other and, you know, help each other understand things. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we do this. I feel like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you guys have anything more? I feel like we pretty much covered everything I had. Yeah. Okay. Then that's it for our episode this week. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And share this episode with your BL-loving friends. Uh, Did you know we have a merch shop? You can find it at lovecastpodcast.com. We have shirts. We have stickers. We have hoodies, just like the one you saw on Pan in our episode with him. I have one on right now, too. Yes, get your ship together. Yes, get your ship together. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, if you'd like to support the podcast and help us to continue creating and releasing episodes, you can join our Patreon, where you'll receive exclusive access to extra content like Kayla's reaction videos, my audio chapters of BL novels, Alexa's character analysis videos, behind the scenes clips from interviews and podcast recordings that didn't make it into the final episode and more. 
thanks again for joining us this week and don't forget to jump into the discord server or share your thoughts with us in the comments below so until next time bye 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 I mean, and when like, I, I, as, I, I just want to mention um, this because I just want to mention this because when I, American... I grew up. <laughs> the delay is so bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> Can I just, I could, I'm, I'm just going to tell yeah, yeah, this before, <laughs> before I forget it. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 